Hi guys, welcome to this week's episode of the Nursing Handover podcast. You have me, Jerry, and Diane, you know, to bring you guys normal nursing jazz. How are you doing, my dear? Girl, let's just say the week is weekend. <laughs> like, I'm ready for Monday to be Friday. No, it's even Monday. Tuesday, see my head. I'm look, guys. See where my my head is everywhere, but not not where it should be. <laughs> I can't lie. Like, as we all know, the Queen was laid to rest on Monday because this episode will come out on Thursday and today's Tuesday. So just laid to rest on Monday. It was a very like I watched the first of the three ceremonies that were shown, but I can't lie today. Today, I think for everyone, it just felt like the busiest day. I don't even know what it's like, just the day that you actually just want to stay in bed. Yes, the struggle to move. You know, like when you wake up and you sit and look into space and you're just like, do I really have to go? Honestly, like it's actually crazy because the way I say it, when you stay in bed, how can I? I looked at my alarm. My alarm went off. I snoozed it thinking, yeah, I could have an extra five minutes. I wake up and it's like an hour and a half later. Bearing in mind, I had to be at work for eight o'clock. And this was like 7.30. Sis. You know, you know when the alarm trickery tricks you? You blink and literally it's two hours later and you're, you jump out of your skin like no man's business. Honestly, like I just wish today... Do I wish I could have redone today? No, I can't lie. I'm happy the day's pretty much over. Let me not lie. Three more days to the end of the week, only because I'm off on Thursday. But I cannot wait for Friday to be here, honestly. Oh, yeah. tell me about it. Yeah. Besides that, how have you been over the last week? Gosh. So this week has been all about focusing on the next step in the nursing career journey shall I say um, yeah so I'm coming up to one year of being a qualified health visitor in October and um, anyone who listened to the podcast I'm even shocked I've been there a year but <laughs> God's grace there must have been a reason I had to do a year mm-hmm. and I'm nearly at that point um, and I've definitely learned a lot I've gained a lot of skills and knowledge but yeah. it's definitely time to to do something else you know yeah um so yeah I've been casting my net and fishing cool and seeing what's out there well you're not the only one as I said last week and a lot of you may have seen on Instagram I have also got a new job I'm no longer in school health not because I didn't enjoy it just more so I wanted more progression really I just wanted to grow. I feel like we get to a point that we're somewhat stagnant or don't want to or don't feel like we're ready to take the next step or move up the band the band ladder. When really and truly we need to just put ourselves out there and show the world that we can actually do the roles that we're applying for and better than they expect. But yeah. Uh, honestly, I think one thing for me being in the role that I've been in, I've definitely felt a lot of imposter syndrome trying to go for new roles. Why? Just because my role is a lot more of a social role than a cl- clinical role. Do you... Okay. Mm, can you tell our lovely listeners 
what the true role of a health visitor is because I feel like people don't really know okay so first of all I'm not a typical health visitor guys like I'm very beautiful and stunning and young and fresh he <laughs> <laughs> doesn't fit the typical health visitor role at, at all. all I walk into the hospital of Zara perfume with my nice dresses and my nice lips looking all pretty smiling <laughs> giving the up-to-date advice okay mm-hmm. um, but a health visitor is essentially a public health nurse and our role is to support families between zero to five and that's anything between sleep behavior growth development um yeah any of those kind of challenges and we work with other professionals so mm-hmm. the GP, the midwives, the children's centres, occupational health, perinatal mental health. So we we sit in a big MDT, essentially, and mm-hmm. we're a big team around the family as and when they need us. Um, I think what is really d- difficult, is that the right word, is our role is very much advisory and support. Okay. Um, so... A typical visit would be to go and visit a new new parents and talk about the birth and weigh the baby and check the baby's is passing birth weight or growing well and feeding is going well and just ensuring the parents have the right information. Yeah. Um, but that's as far as I go in terms of as hands-on as I can be. Yeah. So I don't get immunizations. I can prescribe because I am a nurse prescriber. Um, tell me about that exam. Well, that's enough <laughs> for another day. Um, <laughs> But it's a completely different style of nursing. Um, so if you've come from an acute setting and you go into that setting, it's like night and day. Really? Um, yeah, for sure. Because you just, when you get thrown back into a clinical setting, you do start to second guess yourself. Like, can mm-hmm. I do this? Do I still remember? I'm not as fast as I used to be. Um, and no, like, if anyone's doing it and they love it, great. But I know I miss the other side of things which is why I'm like okay I've enjoyed what I've done here I've enjoyed the skills that I've got I've enjoyed the exposure I've had to different demographics but Mm -hmm. it's time to kind of return to an arena that I feel like I'm really progressing and what would that be what does that look like for you so anyone who knows me guys like the amount of things I think I want to do it's like it changes like the weather (laughs) Um, but I obviously love Niku and anyone who knows me like Niku has my heart Mm-hmm. Um, but I also like the element of like respiratory things um, I do like sickle cell as well but I don't know enough about it um, I've loved bone marrow I don't know why something about bone marrow stem cell um, even like liver but that's because of my own personal connection with liver transplants and things like that mm-hmm. so just something where I can get my teeth into something where I can specialise I think because I feel like if you specialise you can build a good rapport with your families you can have you know a caseload and really work with them and really yeah. really master your craft definitely so you know you can deliver the best care that, because you know what you're talking about day in day out you know yeah no that I definitely agree with because I could say pretty much the same for me so a lot of you know like I was working at a school I was working as a school nurse before however I hadn't done the school nurse course or health visitor or health visiting course either so that would have been the next step for me however as much as I wanted to work in the community this is very much so not really what I wanted and for me I think it's I was just so burnt out from working in A&E as much as I love it 
that I needed that break, hence why I did go into school health. But I agree with what Diane's saying. Like when you've gone from something, let me start again. When you've gone from something that's so fast paced to literally the complete opposite, it's a big change. Like bigger than you can ever imagine. Like you think your life is going to be normal because you're doing nine to five. You have your weekends, you have your nights, all this and the other. But then you miss out on certain things that you miss doing in the day, like little things like going to the bank or meeting up with other people for like a coffee or something. I don't know about you, Diane, but I know those were the things that I definitely missed. Just having like my normal day-to-day routine. Mm, or even I mean, if I did nights, like if it was like my last night, I'd go home, sleep for an hour, get up and have my day. It's not the yeah. greatest, but like I'm I could get things you. done. And you know what is very funny? When you have done shift work for majority of your career and you then go into, in inverted commas, normal working pattern, you actually start craving shift work. Yeah. Um, because of the days off in the week, because of the fact that you can spread out your annual leave. Um, yeah. Because of the fact that your days are your days as mm-hmm. well. Um, and I think those are like the pros and cons you kind of weigh up when you are making choices to go in different directions. Because, yeah. yeah, like, I remember being absolutely shattered in the coup. Like, a zombie. By 4am, I can't function. But I know there's three and a half hours left and I'm going home. So I can get through the last three and a half hours. Yeah. But knowing I had four days off was bliss. It was like, it's just four days. Exactly. Like, you're willing to work yourself hard. Yeah. For those well-deserved days off. This is it. Even annual leave, sis. Like, knowing that you had nine weeks basically off because you spread the days out. Oh, that's the best part. Or even I used to love taking two weeks of annual leave and manipulating my shift so it works out to like n- nearly three weeks. Oh, yeah. It's like a dream. Bliss. Absolute bliss. It's a dream. And this is the thing that what we're saying is that you have to pick and choose what suits your lifestyle. Yeah. And what it is that you want from a role. So are you someone that doesn't want to be bogged down with the details but wants to just give good care? Are you someone that never wants to work nights but is happy working days? Um, are you somebody that wants to travel? So you want to be a travel nurse, for example, and wants to work in different places or be an agency nurse? Yeah. Um, are you someone that loves building relationships so therefore wants to work in a specialist environment? Mm. So it's about finding your niche. Yeah. And then in a sense, kind of creating the role for yourself and making it work for you. Because as we always say, cannot come and kill yourself. But exactly. Even with that being said, like making it for you it's got to fit you and your family life if yeah. you if you do have a family and have children or have a partner you've got to make it suit that life because really no one's coming to work to kill themselves and if it doesn't suit your life it's not going to work you'll be very unhappy tired and you're just not going to want to come in no which will just no. lead you to burning out even more so i definitely think for me i needed to jump jump ship and I needed to find what was going to suit my family best. And a lot of people were telling me, oh, just go back to shift work, go back to shift work. It would be better with childcare and things like that. And I get it, but I think I've got to a point that, for me, it's do I go up in my career or do I stay in a place and then eventually do it like five, ten years' time? And I can't mm. lie, I don't really want to wait because all those opportunities will be passing me by. Exactly. So, exactly. as just like we've always said, honestly, the world's your oyster. You'll make it work where possible, but don't limit yourselves. Yeah, for sure. And 
you know, there are 50,000 plus vacancies out there for nursing. Mm -hmm. So there is a job for everybody times thousands. And no one knows everything. You're there to learn. As a nurse, you never stop learning. Yeah. That's why we have preceptorships and we have courses and we have training days and we have to sign competencies because you don't stop even when you're qualified. Yeah. And as long as you're teachable and you show you want to learn, if I've learned anything while looking at jobs and having informal visits, it's always be teachable. If you show that you're eager to learn and you're willing, that is more appealing to an employer than somebody who's, who has literally swallowed the textbook and is regurgitating information. Honestly, even you saying that reminds me of one of my managers. I, me- I remember this so vividly. I remember she said that when she was working under someone one time, that person said they would never hire someone that's worked in a job for like over four years because it shows that person doesn't want to move. Mm. And not like, she said, regardless of the reason, like, yes, there could be, this person could be there for whatever reason. But a lot of people, when they get to that four-year mark, they decide, oh, this is it. I'm not going anywhere else. I'm going to suck it up. But then you can also see they're unhappy. Exactly. But you're only staying there because it's more so the devil you know rather than the devil you don't know. Exactly. However, we always get told that you don't want to be seen that like you move, you jump ship too much. Because I can say, how long have we been qualified? Seven years? Come. Yeah, imagine. In the last, that's, that's so wild, honestly. In the last seven years, I've had quite a few jobs. I want to say like five jobs, maybe? Maybe more? Like nurse, Like proper nursing jobs. And I don't regret any of them. They have all got me to where I am today. And yeah, I just, like I don't regret them. And I know to some they'll be like, in the last seven years, you've had five jobs. That's way too many. I don't think so. If you see something, go for it. What exactly. are we waiting for? I think we need to get out of this old concept that, you know, when you first qualified, qualify, sorry, you need to go and be on a ward or in a specific place for x amount of years no if there's something you want and you've got the skills to do it do it what are you waiting for who are you yeah. waiting for because trust me that job's not going to be waiting for you this is it and think of the skills that you do pick up so when you are interviewing you know knowing how to prepare knowing how to answer certain questions and even building your confidence because we all know interviews aren't always the best capture of who we are Mm-hmm. Um, it's very nerve-wracking you're under a lot of pressure you're kind of put in an environment that's unrealistic people are basically watching you you have to answer and I think it's even worse now because of the whole virtual things you've got to make sure you've got the right connection you've yeah. got to make sure that the internet works you've got to make sure that you are on time you're in a place that's quiet enough and that in itself can put you off that in itself can shake you Yeah, in that way you know um, but I mean, we've been seven years in the game. Can't believe it. It's actually wild. It's seven whole years. What a joke. In a good way. Yeah, and it's flown by. And anyone who's a student nurse listening, and you're probably thinking, oh my God, like second year, third year, or third year, I'm going to start looking for jobs. They need you. So just be yourself. Show that you're eager. Show that you want to learn. Do informal visits. Guys, anyone who's listening to this podcast, like, before Diane swears by that like to me an informal visit is a big 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 plus because you get to capture and see the ward in action or the community area in action without them having to put a show on for you so you're gonna see what they're like yeah 
and you also get a feel of the place can you see yourself working here can you do people smile do people look happy you know is it an environment that gives you peace or does it make you feel stressed out how is the manager when they're talking to each other giving you eye contact are they are they letting you ask questions you know are they offering to speak to you again even when you've gone these are all things that kind of give you an insight into the kind of environment you're going into yeah um, and one thing I will say is if you get a job and they offer it you don't want it you can say no yeah that's I think that's one of the biggest things you don't you don't have to take it I am very much people there'll probably be like employers listening and being like this girl this girl this crazy crazy girl you can apply for jobs go for it go for the experience and if you get it and you decide you don't want it that's also fine don't feel like you have to take it because you applied for it you haven't signed on a dotted line and even if you have you can still pull out like anything can happen before the day you walk into that job whether you truly want it or not so do not feel bad that you know you've had to call off and not take the job there's many different reasons for why these things happen and employers yes they may be a little pissed off but they're just gonna have to go back out to recruit that is it so honestly don't get your knickers in a twist about refusing a job but I'm very much I'm very much the person that applies for jobs just out of experience. So like I'd apply if I was band five after a while I applied for band six jobs. And yeah, I got them. If thinking that I was not gonna get them. But it's more so the experience of it. And the ones I did get did well, I can't speak English today. The ones I did get, I did I a lot of them I did progress to because that was something I wanted to do. Mm. however there have been jobs recently I've applied for that I've got and been like you know what it's not a bit of me the experience was great and it's only going to make me better for the next time in the next jobs I go for Mm. right now that's not the move I need to take for me and that's the thing is being able to know what is for you and what isn't for you yeah Um, and you have a lot of people that have have a lot of opinions about your career do this do that be really good here be really good there but at the end of the day, you have to work in that hospital. You have to, mm-hmm. or, or community or practice, GP practice or school. So if you know it's not going to best suit you or you feel like you're going to be unhappy, then don't feel inclined to do it because it's not by force. It really isn't. Like, we spend more time at work than we do at home. Mm-hmm. So why not pick something that you actually would can, wouldn't can would mind doing? Exactly. Actually, no, let me change that. Something you would like to do. Yeah. Because you're going to spend a hell of a lot of time there and you don't want your time to be used in vain. Honestly, it is pointless and a waste of your time and their time. But with that being said, we've shared on this podcast many times about our tips and tricks for applying for jobs. And I will always still stand at giving yourself that three-month period from the moment you apply getting the job your notice period to begin in give yourself three months so if you're looking if you're thinking okay I need to start looking I want to start working in a new job come January you need to be applying like now mm. and working out your notice period and also you have Christmas and New Year's right in between you can leave just before Christmas mm-hmm. have your Christmas off you're a shift worker and your, your, your Christmas and your New Year's off and begin who's going to tell you otherwise exactly there's all these little tips and tricks and 
for those who do want to know, so I did apply for my job prior to going on maternity leave. However, actually, I can say this all now anyway. However, I didn't disclose it at my interview that I was pregnant. And a lot of you have seen, I'm very much so a big boned girl. So it was a, it was more it was easier to hide, put it that way. And after I confirmed the job, I did tell my manager that I was pregnant. And usually, once you've accepted, they actually can't take the job away from you once documentation has been done. And the job wasn't taken away from me, thankfully. But they did wait over a year for me to begin. And I know some places are very hot on not making that happen. However, you will have to be very hot on it and making sure that they're not, inverted commas, discriminating against pregnant people because that's a big no-no everywhere not just within the nursing world everywhere so I do think I was quite lucky in that aspect but don't feel like you can't apply for jobs ever and I still would give myself I think I did it a bit too early but I knew I wanted to get into sickle cell and those sickle cell jobs if you ever look for them they don't come out often they really don't. They're very hard to come by. Any, I feel like sickle cell and, C- and CNS roles. Yeah, they're gold, literally. Yeah, because what people honestly they don't move. If they move, it's because someone has died, moved, or retired. Yeah, and it just doesn't happen. So you could be out here waiting for someone's job for time, and it's not going to happen. No, so absolutely. that was the only reason why I went for that particular job. But otherwise, I probably would have waited till while I was on mat leave to apply and found something. And I know people tend to ask, like, do you not have to stay afterwards and, you know, pay back your maternity leave if you leave? And you don't have to if you go from NHS to NHS or if you go from local authority to local authority. You don't have to pay back your mat leave. Yeah. Which is a blessing because ain't no one got time for that. But anywho, going back to it, just make sure your personal statements are top notch and not a thousand pages long. Like, I remember one of my matrons saying that she doesn't read anything that's longer than three quarters of a page. Wow. But I hear it though, who's got time to be sitting there going through pages and pages of why I want to work for this job? Like, just get to the point. Yeah, and also you have to remember that other things speak for themselves. So you've put your qualifications in, you've put your specialist courses in. Um, it's almost a chance to show off, but once that once you get that statement correct, you're halfway in the job. Yeah. The interview is just to meet you and see, okay, does she match with what she's saying? It's just yeah. still does he or she says, you know, how would she fare in this situation, et cetera, et cetera. This is it. And my main thing going off Diane's point. Please, people, read the job description. Yeah. Please read the job description. And because a lot of the times they're looking for buzzwords. Mm. Once you've hit those words, it's like tick, 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 tick. Read it. Exactly. Study it. Regurgitate it into some, into smaller aspects. But honestly, save yourself the hassle. I know I'm the person that could write for England because I feel like I, I, feel like I need to be wordly rather than getting to the point. However, I'm very much so learning how to get to the point because I don't need to make a thousand words. Like, this is not a uni essay that I've got to, like, write a dissertation or anything. Mm. 
that I'm out here struggling for words. Say it, make it concise, and please get other people, those who are like within the nursing field and those who are not, to read it. Yeah, definitely. Because you'll pick up on mistakes. People, other people will pick up on the mistakes that you just haven't. Yeah, always get it proofread. Because yeah. what you don't want is to send it off and then read and realise that, oh, this has been a mistake. Oh, that doesn't really make sense. Oh. Or just you know. grammatical errors. Exactly. And if you're dyslexic like me, just sometimes you just, the point you're trying to make is not being conveyed. Yeah. Actually, okay. This has to be my number one top tip. Don't be afraid to sell yourself. You work hard to get to where you are. Why not mm. toot your own horn? Yeah. Like, why don't why don't they want you? They need to be like, why, what can we do to I want to say not have her, but then that still sounds negative. But as in you ticked all the boxes and you spoke about yourself so highly that no one can say, mm, nah. And I think that's a, that's really what we struggle. Well, I know that's what I struggle with talking about myself, because when you look at all the stuff I've done. People are like, wow. And then you look at my, I may write a cover letter or something like that. And it's just like, none of it has been mentioned because I'm trying to be coy. No. Mm. Toot your own horn. And sell yourself. If you don't do it, who's going to do it for you? 100%. And also, if you don't know, and it's something that is a definitive answer, don't, don't, don't blag. No, no, no. Because they will question you on it and you'll get pulled up for it. Yeah. But in other situations where you need to blag, blag, I'm going to put it out there right now. Honestly, they want to see that you've also got the gift of the gab alongside being able to do the job. But they want to see that, you know, the person they're hiring has actually got a bit of banter. Because if not, who? no one wants that boring old person coming in and just, you know, being a square. No one wants that. With that said... If you're looking for new jobs, there's many, many places to look. Track jobs, health jobs, indeed. Even if you just type nursing jobs into Google, a lot come up. Um, create a LinkedIn profile. A lot of employers will directly approach you if they yeah. read your specification and they think you'd be good for a role. Um, talk to people. Don't be afraid to step out of your comfort zone. Don't think that because you've only worked in one place forever that you can't go anywhere else. Um, Network. And some yeah definitely network as hard as possible because yeah I've had a lot of managers lols but one manager I had she if it wasn't for her I don't think I would have gone up the ladder like I have she said we are in other words we are young baby girls and we're not of the generation that oh I'm gonna stay in one job forever if you don't like it leave but get something that you know you're interested in and also try the other roles like I don't know why we feel like as nurses we can only stay as nurses mm. when even if it's you want to stay in the NHS but there's so many roles we could do like project managing and all this other stuff alongside it that are still within our hospitals other people are doing it why are we not taking the opportunity to try something else alongside still doing what you love exactly. if we don't do these if we don't do these jobs we're going to stay in a place and resent ourselves for not doing it and not trying new things. But honestly, flee the nest when possible, when you feel ready, but don't feel like you're doing it too early. And I want to talk about imposter syndrome. 
you've worked hard to get to where you want to be and you work harder to get to where you need to be. Don't feel bad for it. Am I making sense? Is that imposter syndrome? Yeah, imposter syndrome is not believing you're good enough when you definitely are capable. Exactly. Um, like yeah. you work too hard. Who's going to tell you? Put it this way. If you're doing wrong, you will definitely get pulled up. When you're doing right, people don't ever tap you on the shoulder and say, well done. And that's where we need to pull our finger out of our bums and say, I'm going to try something new. And I'm going to yeah. do what I think will, will affect me best and get me to yeah. where I want to be. Yeah, and then you can only try. So just try. You know, what's the what's the harm? Exactly. Like I've said it before, the world is your oyster. There's so many things you can do. Whether it is you want to become a private nurse or a, work in a local authority or within the NHS, wh- whatever. And this is not even just down to nursing. I just think just jobs in general. If you've got a passion for it and you've got the gift of the, gla- the gab and you feel like you know enough experience, why not go for it? What we're seeing today is that there are a lot more transferable skills with all the jobs that we do. Why limit yourself? Like, is life is way too short for that. Way too short at all. But guys, I hope, well, we hope you have enjoyed this week's episode discussing jobs and, you know, our rationales for why we want to better ourselves, let's put it. But yeah, so if you guys have, want to have a discussion about it, you can feel free to hit us up in our DMs at the Nessie Handover podcast on Instagram, or you can hit us up on Twitter at the handover, at the underscore handover. Or if you want, you can email us at the nursing handover at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. And we'll be back next week. Feel free to share yes. this with whoever you like, not just nurses or healthcare professionals, absolutely whoever. So until next week, guys, take care. Have a lovely week. I want to say enjoy this weird all four weathers in one day weather we are having. And enjoy your four-day week. Or if you're like me, who only works four days anyway, and your day off is not on Monday, enjoy the rest, enjoy your three-day week. And until then, take care, guys. Bye. Bye, guys. <laughs>